Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Yeah, we appreciate that. And again, how many of you know there's power in prayer? And the Bible says that there's power in agreement, that if we agree together that we have what we ask. And so I'm just believing that God is faithful. And thank you so much. So praise the Lord. Hey, we've been in a series for the last couple of weeks called FaceTime. And so, uh, as I said already, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be starting a new series called Who's On First? And so you don't want to miss that. But right now, this is the third week of what we've called FaceTime. And if you remember, just in the times or the weeks past, uh, we talked about it from the standpoint of technology. And if you've got one of these uh, smartphones, you know, it's interesting that they call these phones now because really it's a mini computer that you can use as a phone. But uh, nevertheless, they have these, these uh, phones that uh, you don't just necessarily talk to somebody. You don't just necessarily type in there. You have the option to say, you know what? I want to look at you face-to-face and have a conversation. And how many of you know that the conversation face-to-face would solve a lot of problems for a lot of our conversations, right? Because whenever you're not communicating face-to-face, sometimes you don't know the intent of the heart or the discussion that you're having, right? And and sometimes we're not really good about that just in the times of (laughs) face-to-face, right? And I'm only thinking of myself personally. I mean, my wife, she is always so sweet and always so kind. It's always me that tends to have the attitude. At least that's what she tells me. But, But anyways, you know, it's interesting how you can be having a conversation and your body language and your posture and your face is communicating something entirely different than what you're verbalizing, right? And so FaceTime doesn't always necessarily work, but nevertheless, it expresses or it gives you the opportunity to understand the intent or the heart of the individual that you're speaking with. And so for that matter, we said that God desires to have FaceTime with us. He desires for us to have interaction with us. And really what it means to have FaceTime is really to have a life that is interacting with him, to have an audience with God. And if you don't know that God desires to have an audience with you, then today is the day that is going to be the best day of your life because God wants to know you. He wants to talk to you. And if you recall, we said that one of the ways that we have face time with God is through the Word of God. The Word of God is actually God speaking to us. And so if you've ever been reading your Bible and then all of a sudden it seems like the words that you've read come off the page and it just seems like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. Or it does something to your heart. In that moment you had FaceTime with God or you began to hear God speaking to you. And I said to you also that when you begin to have a regular communication with God and fellowship and FaceTime through the Word of God, it's like the radio or the old radios when you started to turn the dial and you started to get to the the signal and it started to come in more clear. But then once it came in clear, you you realized, oh no, that's the Lawrence Welk show. I, I wasn't wanting to listen to the polka music right now. So because you got used to hearing And having FaceTime with God through the Word of God, it helps you to clarify or understand or know the voice that you're listening to. And you said, now polka music wasn't what I wanted to listen to. I wanted to listen to some good old country music. Come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. 
No country fans in here? Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You all Christian music listeners too. I'm sorry. Oh, you holier than thou people. Okay. All right. I got you. But anyways, you get the point that the word of God, the face time with God begins to help tune our ear to recognize his voice. And then we also said that God just simply, simply wants to have fellowship with us in a time of prayer where God wants us to come and interact with him and talk with him. But how many of you know that God doesn't just want you to talk to him in the manner of saying, here's my checklist of what I want you to do, right? God is more than willing to, to bless you and answer prayers. But do you know that God just wants to hang out with you? The Bible says that God is a jealous God. So in other words, when we give our time to God, or, or I'm sorry, give our time to something else more than God, the Bible says that God actually gets jealous. I think about my little dog. And, and, and not to compare God to my dog, or not that God is this way necessarily, but do you know that there's been times that I've gotten onto my dog really stern? You know, and, and he's not like me. You know, he's went and got over in his kennel. You know, he's just like, Dad's being mean to me. But the next time I come into the house, I mean, he's standing there at the door. <laughs> you know, he's just excited to see me. And again, not to try to compare God to my dog, but I can see God as having such an expectation and he doesn't look at all the mess ups and the failures and the, the things that you said or didn't do or all the promises that you made and you broke. He's just like, I can't wait to hang out with you. Oh golly, are you coming to talk to me? Oh, I've just been waiting for that. And see, if you start to see God that way, you'll become more eager to have fellowship with him that he's just wanting to have fellowship with you. And so I want to share with you this morning in John chapter 16 to begin with, in John chapter 16, starting in verse 12, Jesus tells us some things here. And obviously Jesus spoke with his disciples face to face. But notice what it says, starting in verse 12. It says, Jesus speaking, I still have many things to say to you. So in other words, I still want to talk to you. There's still many things that I have to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, or the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will, <clears throat> he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will... Uh, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare or announce to speak, to show, to rehearse to you. So the Bible tells us that when Jesus was having face-to-face -face interaction with them, he says, I still want to have face-to-face -face time. And he says, now I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and he's coming in my place, and he's going to speak. He's going to talk. Well, if he's speaking, then that must mean that we have the opportunity of hearing or knowing his voice, right? He says, I've come and I've sent him to talk to you. Man, I'm so glad that God wants to talk to us. And isn't it a shame that you'll have individuals that live their whole life and have never had a conversation with God? 
I, I'm so amazed at times when you hear individuals that call themselves believers or Christians, but then they'll get on a soapbox when somebody says, man, I was talking to God the other day, and God said, and they're like, oh, God said something to you? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, God speaks to you. Yeah, done to you. I mean, if you're a believer and, and God's not speaking to you, then I would question whether or not you've really got a genuine relationship with him because when you have a relationship with somebody, you have conversation, right? And the Bible says that he is endeavoring to speak to us. Now, listen to what it says. What he's going to speak to us about, he begins to tell us right from the very beginning. He says, he will guide you into all truth. And it's this truth that he's going to come to talk to you about. But now, here's what the definition of truth means. Because we oftentimes think that that truth that he's talking about is just Bible or spiritual things. But here's what the word of truth translates as in the Greek. It says, what is true in any matter under consideration. It's the truth in reality. So how many times have we ever been in a situation where there are things of consideration? God, I've got to make a decision. i got a decision of what color pants to wear today. And you think, well, does God care about that? Well, why don't you ask him? Hey, God, what, what should I put on today? And see if he gives you a response. Because he might want to make you look a little sharper today or whatever it might be. You know what I'm saying? He says, whatever is under consideration, he will begin to help give you truth. And then he goes on to say that this truth is truth as reality. So have you ever been in a situation where you have something on the inside of you stirring? There's a conviction on the inside, and you're like, I know this is the heart of God. I know this is the will of God, and I know this is the the reality, but everything around me is saying something different. Have you ever been there? And now I've got a decision to make because I'm considering something, and, and, and I'm really believing and trusting, but man, everything around me looks like it's not the best decision. Right? But when you have a conversation with God, He begins to guide you into truth. I remember several years ago, in fact, it's been, gosh, over 20 years ago now. Uh, in fact, almost going on 30 years now that I think about it. But I just got hired into General Motors. And you, you that have been here probably have heard this story before, but I got hired for General Motors, and I'm thinking, whoo happy day, I'm a man, I can get married, have kids, buy a house, move out of mom and dad's house, whoo, come on. And so uh, I thought, man, this is the best thing. Well, when I got there, I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. The very first day before I ever went into the plant, I'm sitting in the parking lot, and I'm like, God, I don't want to do this for 30 years. And God says, are you going to do what I've called you to do? And I said, okay, God, I will answer the call. I will do what you want me to do. And so I applied for Bible college. When I, went to, uh, uh, when I went to submit my paperwork at the shop, I said, hey, listen, I, I need to go to college. And they said, well, you don't have enough seniority to get a leave of absence. You've only been here for just about a week and a half. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I know I really need to go to college. And, and so they came back and they said, well, what we can do for you is give you a leave of absence and you can have 30 days. And I'm thinking to myself, what's 30 days going to do me? I mean, I'm going for the next couple years. And so I packed up and I went to Oklahoma. And while I was there, 
I was coming up on my 29th day. I called the shop and I said, hey, listen. I said, you know, I know I'm supposed to have 30 days, but I'm still at school. Is there anything that can happen? And they said, well, we can extend it to 90 days. Came up to my 90th day, called them again. They said, well, listen, the best we can do is give you 130 days, but we can't do any more than that. And I said, well, I'll take it. Well, I came up to my 129th day, and I called the union president, and I said, hey, listen, I said, here's where I'm at. I said, I'm still in school. And he says, well, listen, buddy, he says, you have exhausted all the personal time you can have. And I said, okay. And he said, well, the only thing I can do is call the plant manager and find out whether or not uh, he will give you favor to stay in school. He called me back 30 minutes later. He says, listen, he said, when's your last day? I said, May 16th. He says, be back to work on the 19th. I said, okay, I'll be there. Praise the Lord. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about those things that don't make sense to the natural mind, but inside there is a conviction of reality. And when you have face time with God in the face of that adversity or the, the, the thing that you're going through, you can have a trust in a confidence in the thing that you're considering. And even with that being said, I came back after uh, uh, that first year of school and I went to work during the summer and the craziest thing happened is that my seniority continued to mature. And I don't know how that happens because generally they put a freeze on it. And so you actually had to have at least 12 months in order to get a uh, uh, educational leave. And so I went down to personnel and I said, hey, listen, I said, uh, I, I wanted to submit my paperwork because I got to go back to school. And they said, well, hey, listen, you went on an educational leave. You don't qualify for one now. I said, well, technically that was a personal leave. And I said, so my time has matured. And so I would like to have an educational leave. And he looked at me like he wanted this to spit, you know. And he says, well, he said, I guess you're right. He says, enjoy school. So I went back to school and graduated and still came back and worked for General Motors for uh, several years after that. My point is this, is that when you have face time with God, you can walk through life partnering with him and he will guide you into truth. Because how many of you know that there are so many things that will oppose you to get you to back down on your convictions when you know that you know God I believe you're speaking to my heart. I believe this is the direction. I believe this is what I need to do. Amen? So he says he'll guide us into truth. And he says now he'll speak to us about some things. And there was three things that he said that he'll speak to us in that verse that Jesus was speaking. He says he will tell you things to come. He will also speak or glorify me. And then lastly, he says that which is mine... He will declare or show it or rehearse it to you. So in the guiding of our lives in how he wants to speak, there's three things that he will do in speaking with us or having fellowship. He will tell us things to come. He will glorify Jesus. And that which belongs to Jesus, he said he will declare or show us. All right, so with that being said, look at these things. Because he says, I will tell you things to come. So in other words, if he's going to tell us things to come, it must be things that pertain our life. We think, well, God's just interested in us going to church and being holy. And I'm so thankful that you come into church and come into the auditorium and make noise and glorify God because oftentimes people have had this mentality, well, we can be people out there and have fun out there but when you come in here you got to get dignified man you know dignified will just get you in a rut 
I mean, but when we get happy and just, whoa, I'm going to praise Jesus and have a good time, he likes that. That's fellowship. That's FaceTime. <coughs> Amen? <coughs> Got me choked up on that one. <coughs> so, I'm <coughs> sorry. The things that will come <coughs> are the things that pertain to this life. So listen to Je- Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not an evil, to give you a future and a hope. So that word future is things to come. So God's not talking to you about your past. <clears throat> How many of us live in the past? How many of us rewind the reels of failures and all the junk of life? God's not rehearsing or talking about the things in the past. He's talking to or speaking to us about things to come. But you realize that the end part of my day, this afternoon, are things to come. So God might be talking to me about things yet today. But now he also might be talking to me about things tomorrow. Because tomorrow are things to come. He might be talking to me about next week, next month, next year. He might be talking to me about the next 10 years down the road because God is endeavoring to talk to me about things to come. Can you say amen? Amen. So listen, you don't have to go through this life wondering. The Bible says that God wants to have face time with you and talk to you about your future. Then it says that he will glorify. When he talks to you, He will glorify me. What does that mean? That means that the Holy Spirit is going to turn our attentions to Jesus to praise. Woo, praise Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you to the point that he makes Jesus bigger. Come on. If Jesus gets big in our life, how many of you know that if Jesus gets big enough, the problems get real small? But unfortunately, we haven't had enough face time where Jesus has gotten big, and therefore we go through life thinking, oh, dear God, is this mountain ever going to get out of my way? Right? No. When we start to have face time with him, and he starts to talk to us, as he begins to magnify, lift up Jesus, then the mountain, the problem begins to get real small. And then, in fact, you just might get a little cocky. You might just get a little swagger. You might say, well, (laughs) you dare to oppose me. You dare to get in my way. You're about ready to get steamrolled, baby, because I'm telling you, my Jesus is bigger, and he is greater in me than he that's in the world, so you better watch out. You want to do this? Amen. Come on, were you ever in school where you had those guys that kind of bullied you or picked against you or whatever? You know, I was in karate for all my young life, and there was this one guy that come, and it was always messing with me. And so I'm like, oh, man, do we got to do this? And so my friend had my back. And so my friend would follow this guy around all day long and says, do you know that Tony's a black belt? Do you know that he's been in karate ever since he's been a little kid? Do you know that Bruce Lee trained? No, Bruce, no. (laughs) He was dead. (laughs) But he would go there and just talk in that bully's ear. What was he doing? He was partnering with me, having conversation with the, the, the opposition. And because there was enough co- conversation that took place, that big bully came to me one day and he says, Hey, listen, Tony. Hey, listen, I really don't want to fight. He said, We all good? I said, 
yeah, that's right, we're good. That's right, you, you good? All right, good. And I walked away like, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, Woo! Got all that one. So my point is, is that whatever the mountain you're facing in, when you begin to have a big picture of Jesus in your life, when he begins to talk to you and magnify him, the problem becomes smaller in your sight because of that face time. The third thing is that he says, that which is mine, he will speak to you. He will declare it to you. He will show you. He will give it to you. He will rehearse it with you. How many of you know we need to have that rehearsal because that rehearsal is reassurance? Because how many of you know that the things that you go through in life, the doctor's report, the bills that are stacking up, the problems in the marriage, how many of you know that that doesn't just come sporadically when the occasion is good? No, it harasses, it rehearses 24-7. The moment you wake up, the thought's right there. When you go to bed at night, you can't sleep because you're thinking about it. It's rehearsing. So how many of you know you need to have that rehearsal of what Jesus came to do so that when you face or are up against the wall you have the confidence of the true reality. Amen? He says he'll take what is mine and he will declare it to you. So what begins to happen? I begin to find out who I am in Christ. The more he begins to rehearse it with me, the more that the word of God begins part of my face time, I begin to have confidence in who I am in Christ. If God be for me, who can be against me? I double-dog dare you. Just get in my way. Amen? You say, well, you sound awful full of yourself. No, I'm not full of myself. I'm full of Jesus. So therefore, whatever I'm up against, it has to bow to the true reality of who I am in Christ. <clears throat> so, if you don't have regular face time with God... If you don't have regular face time, you will never discover who you are in Christ. Remember Paul said this, he says, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. But how many of you know that it's real easy to get set in our ways? Some of the hardest people to convince to come to a place of have a surrendered heart before God and really have genuine face time with Him are the people that are comfortable. Now, I know I'm not talking to anybody in this church, the church down the road. But how many of you know that you can get comfortable with life where life is good? And haven't you ever noticed that when people get comfortable, they stop relying on God because it's good. We've got this thing. And it seems like when people start living a better life or things become comfortable, that's when they find themselves getting more distracted. Well, let's go here. Let's do that. Well, you know what? Let's, let's not go to church today. Why? Because I'm comfortable. But how many of you know that church might be the very first initial act of FaceTime with God that begins to light a fire on the inside of you? And then there are people that just get comfortable and life is a mess. I mean, life is just turmoil. And, and, and people think, oh, it's not going to get any better. This is the mess that I know. It's a bunch of junk and it's not going to get any better. But you can get comfortable in the mess. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
and you'll talk to somebody, and you're thinking, God wants more for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah that's, what, that's what it is. And if we get comfortable, we find ourselves not having FaceTime with God. Without FaceTime, you'll go through life doing life yourself. Now, let me say that again and let me clarify some things. I said, if you don't have regular face time with God, you will go through life doing life yourself. I did not say doing life by yourself because you're never by yourself. Jesus is always waiting to have face time with you, to have interaction with you. But I said that if you don't have face time with him, you will do life yourself meaning that everything in your life you will do in your own strength in your own power you will try to struggle to get it done and God is saying I just want to have face time I want you to get to a place where you can begin to trust me where you can begin to rely on me amen he says, I want you to be able to trust me and therefore as I begin to have face time the limitations are released I begin to live a life of faith and trusting God rather than trusting myself notice what it says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 it says this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth but it shall but I shall meditate on it day and night having regular face time that you may observe to do according that to what is written or uh, all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success did you know prospering and having success in your life is directly connected to having FaceTime with him? He says, meditate on this word. Have FaceTime day and night. Does that mean I got to be reading all the time? No, you can have something stirring in your heart, and it's God fellowshipping with you. For God so loved the world that he gave us something. Man, for God so loved me that he, man, I'm that important to God. And before you know it, man, that FaceTime, that fellowship, has stirred me to have confidence in him. Notice what it says here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, we shut off right there. A sacrifice unto God, my body, which is my reasonable service. God's not asking you to give up your life to be a nobody. He's saying, I just want you to make the sacrifice to have face time with me. And when you purpose to make that your sacrifice, your life will change. Notice what it goes on to say here. Verse 2, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. So notice it says that face time or renewing your mind on God's Word begins to transform you. You see, if we don't have face time with God, you won't have a renewed mind. And therefore, everything in your life will be based upon the circumstance. So let me give you an example. You can have a regular face time with God or just very sporadic. Let's just say we're driving down the road this afternoon and it's pouring down rain, right? And let's just for a moment say that inside of the car represents my FaceTime with God. And so if I've got all of me inside of the car, that means, man, I've got a great interaction and fellowship with God. 
and just about everything within me is in the car. But let's just say I roll down the window and I just put my hand out the window. Now, most of me is in the car, but it's just my hand. Now, if it's raining out, is my hand going to get wet? Sure it is. But 99% of the rest of me is dry. And for that matter, all I have to do is really shake my hand off, and I'm good to go. But what most people do, rather than having regular FaceTime, which represents inside the car, they got their head hanging out the window, driving down the road. And man, I'm telling you, the rain is beating them in the face. I mean, they're like drenched head to toe. They're dripping from their hair. The girl's mascara is running down her face. They look like a raccoon, you know. And they're like, oh, dear God. Right? And isn't that what oftentimes we look like? We look like a ragtag, beat-up bunch, and it's because we're not having regular face time with God, but we got our head hanging outside the window, being beat up by life. Amen? And God just longs to have face time with us. Now, I'm running short on time, and so I'm going to leave some of this till the next time that we get together. Well, you can give me five minutes, can't you? Oh, we're doing good on time. You don't have nowhere to be, right? At least not for a little while. <laughs> All right, give me, just give me a couple more minutes. The Lord said this to me in our time of prayer just in the last few weeks. That FaceTime, well, let me, let me go this way. Anybody ever remember when we've had a huge snowstorm? I, I, think, I think I remember the blizzard of 1978. It, if anybody remembers that, I, I remember that we were at our house and uh, we were snowmobiling out in the backyard and, and, and it was so deep that the, that the snowmobile got buried in all the snow because it was so deep and dad had to dig it out. Well, if you've ever been in deep snow, is it enjoyable or is it easy to walk through? It isn't. I mean, you're like, you know, tromping through it, Right? And how many of you know that it's exhausting after a little bit of time when, man, I'm trying to tromp through deep snow, right? Does that make sense? And that's what a life without FaceTime with God is like. I'm constantly trying to do life in the struggle of my natural man. But God said to me that when you start to have FaceTime, it's like having a snowball and pushing it down the hill. What happens when you have a snowball that starts to roll down the hill? And as I have regular fellowship with God, it starts to roll. As it starts to roll, it starts to collect more snow. And it begins to get bigger in size, doesn't it? And it begins to develop more momentum. But how many of you know, if you've ever made a snowman or made a big snowball or pushed a snowball down the hill, as it starts to collect the snow, it starts to leave a path, doesn't it? It starts to pull the snow from the ground and bring it into the snowball. So that means that as it goes down the hill, the snowball gets bigger, the path gets bigger, right? And if I'm behind the snowball, it might be a real thin path to begin with, but it's not as deep as it was. But as it continues to grow, the path gets wider and it gets easier to walk on. And then there's some things that are in the way and down the road that are just waiting to snag me up. But when that snowball rolls down, it pulls them up and gets them out of the way. And therefore, I get to walk down the hill in a path that was made by the snowball. 
And then there are still some things that linger and are left behind, but because the snowball pulled snow, it exposed what was buried in the snow, and I can see it now. And therefore, my prayer or my face time with God makes my walk in my life so much easier because of face time with Him. Come on, did you get the example? All it takes is a little bit of, of a push. And how many of you know that if you've ever watched it, you're like, whoo, that's kind of cool. Oh, man, it's getting bigger. Woo-hoo-hoo. And then you see something in the way, oh, it's going to get it, it's going to get it. Yeah, I got it. And so you get pulled into seeing the snowball and the momentum. Well, if you get into prayer that way and fellowship with God, you'd be like, whoo, this is fun. And actually, the more that I pray, it leaves a greater track. And how many of you know that success always leaves a trail to follow? So when you begin to have face time with God, people have the ability to follow your trail. Oh, this is what it's like to have a relationship with God. Oh, this is how it can be fun. Oh, this is what it means to have fellowship. Amen. And lastly, I'll close with this. I thought about sharing this last week, and and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't. But it just seems right to share this with you today, and again, hopefully you'll hear the the message rather than getting hung up on the details. But this past year, this summer, I've been doing some fishing, and that was what I grew up on was fishing and hanging out with my dad and my grandfather. And as I started to fish with, you know, some people the church here I'm like you know what I I'd like to have a boat because you know I'd like to go fishing with dad again and have the ability to fish with my kids and so I started to really have a desire to get a boat and I started to talk to my wife and you know wife she wasn't real excited about it to begin with you know she's like that diamond ring you know you've been promised no <laughs> but I just had it in my heart I wanted a boat well we had our truck and we put our truck up for sale, and so therefore the sale of my truck gave us some extra money. And so I had a margin by which I could spend. And so there was this one particular boat that was by our house in Clio. And I really liked the boat, but it was really up there in price. And I kept looking at it, and I'm like, man, I really like that boat, God. I said, God, I really like what it offers recreation and fishing and this is what the Lord said to me now listen I'm I'm talking about having fellowship with God how he'll lead you and direct you the Lord said to me he said wait until after Labor Day and you'll have greater options well that was about three weeks later but you realize that once God spoke to my heart I had an assurance and so therefore I didn't have to get anxious I didn't have to get nervous. Oh, what if I miss out? What if that boat goes away? What if somebody buys it? No, God already gave me instruction. Wait until after Labor Day. I'm like, okay, God. And so I just kept watching the calendar, watching the calendar. And finally, Monday rolled around Tuesday. And I called that guy on Wednesday. I said, hey, listen, I'd really like to look at your boat. So I looked at it. And he was wanting way more than I had a budget to spend. And he said, well, he said, I'll come down this much. And just before I went and looked at the boat, I saw another boat that was on the marketplace for sale 
And he was over in Grand Rapids. And so I called the guy. And here's what, he was $4,000 more than my budget. And I just had something stirring on the inside. And it was the same boat that I was looking at in Clio, but it was newer, better, and more bells and whistles. And so I said to the guy, I said, listen, I said, I don't mean to insult you. I said, but this is the budget that I have. I said, would you be willing to consider it? And he wrote back and he said to me, he says, well, I'm selling it for my dad, but because it's late in the season, he might be interested in going that way. He says, I'll put you in contact with him. And so we talked. And so the guy in Clio sent me a message back and says, well, will you buy it for this much? I'm like, no, you're still out of my budget. I said, I'm going over to Grand Rapids to look at another boat. I got over there. The man was 80-some years old. He took care of the boat like it was a baby. It was immaculate. I mean, it was an amazing boat. And he went through two and a half hours saying, this is what this is. And I mean, he just walked through this with me. And at the end of the conversation, I'm thinking, every buyer longs to have this kind of a seller. In fact, I forgot to say, when I got there, he says, hey, man, you've been driving a long ways. He says, you got to use my bathroom? I said, no, I'm good. He says, you want a drink or something? Just take a, take a break before we look at the boat. I'm like, no. And so finally, I'm like, man, God, thank you. I mean, this was a boat that I had the margin to buy. It was everything that I desired and more than. And it was simply because God said, I'm giving you direction." And it was a blessing to me. It was a blessing to my family. And then the interesting, after we did all the paperwork, he says, hey, baby, he's talking to his wife. He says, go get him some muffins for the ride home. He gave me a baggie full of muffins. And man, it was just an awesome experience. Why do I say that to you? Because God cares about the little things that you're cared, you care about. You say, you, you spent the last five minutes talking about a boat. I'm talking about fellowshipping with God that he wants to get involved in the affairs of your life and actually have face time with you that will bless you and guide you into things to come. Listen, if you can hear God talking to you, there's some amazing things that he's guiding you into this year through your church. God's moving. And if you have ears to hear, I wouldn't miss Sundays. I wouldn't miss opportunities to hang out together because God is getting ready to blow your socks off. Amen. Can we stand? Real quick, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to come to you and share the word of God. But Lord, in these last few minutes, we've, we've just been having face time with you thank you that you've stirred our heart. Thank you that you've caused us to have a desire to know you. Thank you that, Lord, we are growing in knowing your voice in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for it. And everyone said, Amen. Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.